The Conquest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cabby Productions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with Jake Martin. How are you today, Jake? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I am very excited to have you on. We are here today to talk about body neutrality, a topic that is very, very close to my heart, and I assume by how quickly you responded, very close to yours as well. Yeah, absolutely. So do you want to tell me a little bit about the journey that brought you, brought body neutrality into your awareness? It's, I've always had an issue with my body. Uh, I am physically disabled. Mm -hmm. I'm in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Uh, So paralyzed from the waist down. Mm -hmm. I do not walk. Um, That kind of thing. And there are some weight issues and all of that. But the the issue is, how do I want to word this? <laughs> I've been there a million <laughs> times. Don't worry. Like, I've always had a love-hate relationship with it. Mm-hmm. And it's never gotten me anywhere. So then I start talking to therapists about it and talking to psychiatrists about it and just be neutral. Just be happy about what the body can do for you. Not about what you think your body should look like. Not about what you think your body should do. Just be happy with what you can do with your body, what your body does for you. It enables me to be on a podcast with you today. <laughs> it enables <laughs> it enables me to take in food. I can breathe. I can go places. I can do things, experience life because I have a body. I don't need to be positive about it because, yes, it sucks. I'm in a wheelchair. I have all these different issues that go on. So there's that other side of it. But I don't have to acknowledge it. I can just be neutral. I can just live my life and live in the body that I have. I don't have to like it. It's, I know you're into DBT. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, you've frozen. Dang. It's that radical acceptance piece. Yes. Sorry, you froze for a second, but. Oh, am I? Yeah, but but I heard it's the radical acceptance piece. This is the radical acceptance piece. I don't have to like it, but it just is. It's not going to change. You don't have to like it. You just have to accept it. So did you... Um, That's kind of... Oh, sorry. Kind of the biggest thing I got out of DBT. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. So definitely the biggest thing that I got out of DBT as well was radical acceptance and the concepts, <clears throat> sorry, the concepts therein. Um, did you get a chance to see, um, someone else had responded to the same post about body neutrality. Did you get a chance to see my explanation of it? It was like a novel because all of my comments are novels. 
Um, <laughs> Full disclosure, no, I did not read the comment. <laughs> no, that's fantastic because what's interesting is that I also drew parallels to, to um, radical acceptance with DBT. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting. Like, that's why I was like, oh, hey, did he read that? Because that's almost exactly what I had said. Maybe not verbatim, but but very close um, to what I had said about body neutrality. And one of the reasons I'm really excited to have you on specifically, Jake, is a lot of... Okay, so I would say that body image issues affect both men and women probably close to equally. But the focus yeah. tends to be on women. And part of the reason yeah. for that... Part of the reason for that is because the, the societal body images are louder for women, right? It yes. um, <laughs> doesn't mean that there aren't them for men because I see them all the time, but, but it's louder. So you don't get to hear a lot of men talk about coming to a place of acceptance with their bodies and, and all of that. And, and I mean, I agree so much with everything you said. And I think that the other cool added element is that you and I both have health issues that prevent our bodies from behaving even in the same way that a lot of other people's bodies do. And so on top of the fact that, you know, we're all taught men and women from such a young age that, that our body's value is ultimately predicated on what it looks like. But on top of that, we also have the issues with, okay, even if we take that away, it's still not functioning properly and it sucks. Like it sucks. It it sucks in a lot of ways. And and I loved what you said when you said like, you know, I don't have to constantly acknowledge it. Like, you know, I can acknowledge it that it sucks. Like, yeah, this is a shitty sitch. Like it sucks. But at the same time, like, oh, it's just, I love, I love the concept of body neutrality. I find it so beautiful because it's like, even if, even if it doesn't function as well as we think it should, and I mean, if you've done DBT, you know how evil that fucking word is. Um, we, should, we shouldn't be saying should. Yeah, well, my, I remember the first DBT class I did, they said, stop shooting all over yourself. And I laughed. I thought it was so funny. Um, That's but, great. Um, but for me, like, I... I have really come to a place where it's like I am trying really hard to reframe my relationship with my body as one where this is a vessel through which I get to experience the world and that is a miracle. And is it a perfect vessel? No. But I kind of think it like like my car is like my car still gets me from A to B even if it's a little and even if it's paint is scratched and it looks crappy, it still gets me from A to B. And I try to remember that <clears throat> the value in a car is in its function, just like the value in a body. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and one of the things that was really helpful for me um, personally with this journey, and, and I wonder if you have a similar experience, um, was the moment that I realized that I don't have to be my own type, that and I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, like maybe it's a little bit different. I don't know. I have no, I have no clue about if you, um, if, if, if men in general experience this or if people who are like fully straight experience this, but like being bisexual, especially like, I, I think maybe I was even more of a harsh critic because I'm like, oh, well, I know what I think an attractive woman looks like and I ain't it. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but over time, <laughs> oh, my network bandwidth is low. What does that even mean? 
Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, but over time, I was able to realize that like people, there will always be people who find all sorts of other people attractive. So it's almost a non-starter. It's like not even a part of the conversation. Um, did I lose you? I think I lost you. No, I'm right here. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about this. I don't know why I'm having so many issues with this. Um, but <laughs> this is this isn't the norm, but it's not that unusual, I guess either. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, did you did you at any point experience that realization, or was that helpful for you in any way? Yeah, I, I'm not my type. And as somebody who is on the LGBT spectrum himself, the, you have the added pressure of, okay, well, now I have to be attractive to, to both sexes or multiple sexes. Mm -hmm. And I never imagined that. I mean, I just, I'm not fully out to a lot of people. Okay. But I'm out to most people so to some people rather but uh yeah there is the added pressure because you see these the typical model type male washboard abs big chest you know 12 inch arms yeah <laughs> that's not me that's not me and that will never be me but i'm okay with that now Mm -hmm. I, have I always been okay with it? No. No. Oh, no. no. <laughs> and, and yeah, I relate to that too. Um, I hope that I'm not accidentally making you out yourself. No. Um, <laughs> okay, good. <clears throat> but that also gives you the, yeah, like, like what you were talking about, like, you know, not being our own types. I don't know if anyone's our own type. And I actually am starting to think that that might be a biological function. Right, because we are not attracted to family members. Generally speaking, of course, things go awry. I'm sure, um, you know, for mm -hmm. some people, and like that's fine. I'm not trying to judge, but generally speaking, biologically, we are not attracted to our family members because they don't make good mates. So, it follows that we're the closest to us we could possibly be biologically, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> so it follows that we wouldn't find ourselves attractive, and and I found that moment when I realized that to be groundbreaking because yeah. it was like, I don't have to, like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do with me, no matter what I look like. Right. Right. So, um, so we, I don't know. I just think it's so, so beautiful to learn how to move through life without, like, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that we can't care what we look like. I feel like that's a common misconception that people have about body neutrality is it means that like I can't take care of myself or I can't try and lose weight or do whatever, whatever thing it is that I think it's just what is the, the, the question that I try to ask myself when I'm trying to maintain neutrality is why do I want to do that? Do I want to do that because I want to look a certain way or do I want to do that right. because I want my body to function better or because I want to love my body? There's a big difference. See, and that was, you just hit the nail on the head for me. 
you can take care of your body and you should take care of your body. There's that should again. <laughs> uh, you would do well to. <laughs> you would do well to take care of your body. But you have to do it for the right reason. You're not doing it because you want to fit into your summer bikini. You, you want to look good in your summer bikini. Or you're not doing it because you want to, you know, look like Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not doing it for for reasons of vanity. Mm-hmm. You're, doing it, you're doing it for your physical health and so that you can maintain the vessel that you have that is your body. Mm-hmm. And that you can you can also appreciate it more um, for what it does <clears throat> is is what what I've found. Um, and like, don't you find it so freeing? Isn't it the most freeing thing in the world? Yeah, like a, absolutely. Like you look at yourself, and it's like, like it's not like meh. Like I don't like myself. It's like eh, doesn't matter too much. Doesn't really matter mm-hmm. too much. Um, no. And it's just like, I find it so freeing because now like I can, like for a perfect example, I've never liked photographs of myself that were taken by other people. Partly because, I mean, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a little bit overweight, but even more to the point, I'm just someone who, <clears throat> sorry about that. I'm just someone who struggles with within like liking my, the way that I look. And so I never liked photographs of me taken. And so I would avoid it. And then there's all of these memories that I'm not a part of because I wouldn't let people take pictures of me now. Like I climbed a tree last week and I'm like, dad, take pictures of me. I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) I was very excited. I have been wanting to climb a tree for like three months. I was like, one day I just woke up and I was like, I want to climb a tree again. And then, and then I've been searching for the perfect tree ever since. (laughs) And you found one. I I did. You look like you were having fun too. And that oh, was I was having thing. so much fun. And, and the reason that I was able to have fun and able to share that with the Facebook world is body neutrality. Yes. Um, and, and like, I mean, so I don't know, have you been in any relationships since you started having this shift? Yeah, I'm married. Okay. I've been married for uh, six years. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Most people are offering their condolences to my wife. <laughs> You've been married to Jacob for how many years? <laughs> well, shout out to her then, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so I have been in relationships since I had this revelation of body neutrality. And it's made a, a world of difference in my marriage. That's that's what I was just about to ask. Because I'm not worried about, you know, looking like a supermodel for her. I'm not worried about, oh, am I skinny enough or am I, you know, tall enough? Am I do I have enough hair on my head? I'm going bald. I'm oh, that's bald. okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> I, I have too much hair, so you know yeah. we all got we all got issues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> constantly like accidentally eating it because it gets everywhere. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so I don't have this added pressure of trying to be something for somebody 
other than my genuine self. And that's really, really beautiful. And I bet that, I mean, I, I can't say for sure, but based on the experiences I've had since this shift, I bet that she's feeling better too, because you're able to fully see her when you're not, when you're not constantly worried about like, oh, is my nose hair poking out too far? Or mm-hmm. am I, you know, um, you know, is this, is this mole look funny or whatever thing? I don't know. I apparently am insecure about my moles and my nose hair, if anyone was wondering. Um, but it's, uh, you know, and you're, be able, you're able to interact with people on a more genuine level when you realize that your body's main priority is function. And, and you don't have to think about function all the time. That's the beauty thing, is that it takes this big, huge weight off of you because you can be grateful for the function of your body in the same way that you're grateful for other things as it arises and as you're able to recognize it. Whereas with the, the vanity side of things, that is a 24-7 job. When you are looking at, whether it's body, like um, just body image issues, or we're looking at body positivity, which right. comes with its own issues. I mean, I, I, I love people who embrace body positivity, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's way more work than neutrality. Um, and to some degree, at least for myself, I can't speak to other people's experience with body positivity, but for myself, it was lying. There's a lot of lying to myself, a lot of telling myself that I liked the way that I looked when I didn't, when really like, you know, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter if I like the way that I look. And, and, and that was the, like I said, the freeing thing because the body positivity was a lot of work. Obviously the hating my body was problematic and both come with 24 seven. Like you have to be thinking about it all the time. I look right. down and I have to tell my body how look good it looks. Or I can look down, see that I have a body and move the fuck on, right? Um, right. Don't worry, I won't swear on your podcast. <laughs> That's just fine. <laughs> um, I swear like a sailor anyways. So I think that, you know, for the people in our lives, it also gives them more of us. You know, it allows us to not be weighted down with the pressures of caring about this stupid thing that doesn't matter. Um you know, because like I said, I mean, you know, you're married. I don't have too many issues finding people that are physically attracted to me. Um, you know, there's there's people who who like us regardless of what we look like. Right. So why do we why do we put so much pressure on it as a society? Like it's interesting to me. Because of the media. Because of how people are portrayed in the media, how, you know, celebrities are always, you know, looking good for the most part. (laughs) (laughs) They have, they have some bad Instagram moments. Believe me, I follow a Kardashian Kardashian (laughs) once in a while. (laughs) They have some bad photographic moments, but for the most part, they're always made up. They're always dressed to the nines. They're always on top of their game. Mm -hmm. So, we then feel pressure to live up to that standard when it's just not fucking realist- realistic. <laughs> it just isn't. And like, I guess, I guess I just, <sighs> there's so many things in this. I, I always call it a veil. I know it sounds real woo woo, um, <laughs> but there's so many things like that, like keep us captive. Um, and these things are fucking nonsense. Uh, 
<laughs> like even the standard that the Kardashians set. Like so, I mean, I don't, I don't hate the Kardashians. They're not really my type or whatever. But like, what's like, what's to say that's better anyways? Like there's a lot of surgery that goes into that, a lot of torment, psychological torment that goes into that where they can only eat specific things and they only, they have to work out a specific amount and, and stuff like that. There's so much that goes into that that's so false. And it's like, why is that I, the ideal in the first place? You know, like that's so wild. Yeah. It, because it it looks good, it looks pleasing to the eye, so to speak. I just I just don't know that it looks more. And maybe it's because they're not really my type. Like I've never really found the skinny oiled thing to be my type of thing. Right. But I mean, yeah. Like I've always liked like the the cuter. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's that's neither here nor there. My preferences in women doesn't does not matter at all to this podcast. Um, <laughs> shit. Damn it. I set an alarm for for getting ready for this podcast, and and then it went off while we were doing a podcast because I'm so professional. Um, <laughs> oh my god, you crack me up! I cannot wait to have you on my show. <laughs> I am look. I'm going to go circle it on my calendar when we're done. It's going to be good. Um, uh. But yeah, like I said, I uh, I really think that the neutrality thing is. It's a game changer and it and it to me it has so much more value than the positivity thing because the positivity thing I think at the end of the day the issue that I have with body positivity as a as an idea is I think that it it shifts it sh- it doesn't shift the focus enough it shifts like it, it it shifts how you view the very 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 important thing that you care about how you look all the time Mm-hmm. instead of going, hey, actually, maybe that's not very, very, very important. Maybe that is secondary or tertiary because we're going we're gonna to find the right partners when we find them regardless. And, and, and the radical acceptance piece is so fucking huge. It's so huge because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you hate yourself. It's not going to change the way you look anyways. You can't right. hate your nose small. You know, you no. can't, <laughs> you, you can, I guess, you can hate your hair away and stuff if you like, you know, wax and shave and stuff. But shave and get rid of it yeah but even even then like the control we have is so finite and like even with weight loss weight loss is a great example so i uh i've lost a lot of weight in the last little while because i've been doing the body neutrality and i've been doing intuitive eating and intuitive movement and all this stuff so i've lost close to 50 pounds and when you lose weight guess what you don't get to decide how you lose it either so <laughs> so i've lost weight but i i would love to have lost it like all in my waist and arms and then keep the thick legs, thick booty and thick chest, right? Ideally, if I got to choose, but I don't get to choose. So I lose it all over the place. So like, there's not even control there. Sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something? No, no, go ahead. Um, so, so like, it's, it's all a fallacy really. Like, I mean, and I think that it probably a lot of it comes down to the fact that we like to think that we have control. We are really, really good at lying to ourselves about the amount of control we have. Here's the secret, everybody. The amount of control we have is basically zero. 
Um, <laughs> all we get to control is how we interact with the external things around us. But 99.9% of our lives, including our shelter, including our food availability, including our basic physiological needs, are outside of our control. And then you add on top of that the, <clears throat> the rest of Maslow's hierarchy and the rest of the things that build up our lives around us. Again, outside of our control, a tree could fall through my house right now and, and take out my cat and almost everything that I have in life. And, well, that, that can't do anything about that. It's just, it, but we have infinite control of how we interact with it. We can look at that tree and be like, sweet, there's a tree I can climb, you know, um, <laughs> or whatever, right? We can, we can interact with it any way we want. And some people will think that you're silly. But another secret from the vault of Kara is it doesn't matter if people think you're silly. Better to be happy and thought silly than miserable and have people think that you're not. Sorry, I went on a little tangent there. Please go ahead. No, no go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I don't really have much more to say except for that. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on the rant that I just went on? <laughs> you know, what we have to remember is, like you said, we have only finite control over it. And the reasons the Kardashians have big asses, you know, big chests, big whatevers, and they're <laughs> always spray tanned and all this is they have teams of people. Mm -hmm. They have people whose job it is to help make them look good. Mm -hmm. So that's an unrealistic standard to have in terms of your own perception of your body because you, not everybody can afford to have uh, an esthetician, uh, you know, a cosmetologist, a dermatologist, a plastic surgeon on their team. <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes, I do know. And, and another thing I think about the Kardashians that's worth noting too <clears throat> is for wrong or for right, that's also their job, which is what you're talking about. Their whole yes. job is to maintain that. So they have incentive to maintain that. Like, cause like, I know that some people struggle with like, oh, I have such, such low willpower and stuff like that. And it's like, well, you're not incentivized by millions, literally millions of dollars to look fit. Like that's, that's, I mean, yes, I know that Kim Kardashian does more than that and everything like that, but everything is predicated on them looking the way that they look. Right. So they have incredible incentive, incredible endless resources to maintain that. Like, you know what? I would be fit as a fiddle if I could afford to have someone come into my room and yell at me to exercise every day. <laughs> if you, if you had a nutritionist, if you had a, if you had a chef that cooked chef. for you, if you, yeah, you know, if you had a personal trainer, but again, completely unattainable. Mm -hmm. And it's, and like I, and like we said, also, I mean, also ultimately unimportant. Um, right. And that's the, that's the thing to remember. Is it just doesn't matter how you look, you know? Yeah, it's. I remember. I I remember. I know. I know how to English. Um, <clears throat> Me fail English? That's impossible. <laughs> um, I remember. Like, 
I guess, okay, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's a process to get to a point to realize that it right. it doesn't matter. Right. Um, it's, it's a process because, okay, I, I've probably talked about this before on a podcast or two because it's something that really affected me. And so someone not that long ago, um, out of nowhere, they were just bullying me on the internet. You know how it goes. Um, I said that. that I, they couldn't tell if I was a woman or a man. And, and it hurt my feelings. <laughs> and and I, I didn't, it didn't bother me that much in the moment. But considering that this happened like a month and a half ago and the other day, I thought, I wonder if I look like a man. Um, <laughs> tells me that it did hit a nerve deep down because I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> like it is there like ammunition for my intrusive thoughts so and then i mean you know it's just like okay like i hear you but ultimately that doesn't matter even if it's true doesn't matter ultimately right um but just you know like i anyone that's listening please don't think that it's a switch you know like all right well i don't care about how i look anymore because you know i mean for me 29 years probably I probably only like in the last year have really embraced body neutrality so 29 years of my value as a human is first and foremost based on what I look like that's what I was taught that's what everyone's taught and that is what I believed wholeheartedly and then I was introduced to this type of thinking this ideology and I mean I was introduced to radical acceptance long before that and didn't actually see the I, I mean the thing is that it's it's amazingly easy not to see. Like it's sure. like we don't even realize that we're prioritizing our, our looks over everything else. Like at what point at what point did you realize that that was an issue for you? When did I realize that? Like realize that you were caring that much about what you looked like, or that that. Well, it's it's always been an issue for me because I've always been the odd one out. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to a school or my graduating class, I was the only person in a wheelchair. I was the only disabled person mm-hmm. in the entire class of 568 people or whatever it was. Wow, that's a huge high school. Yeah, it was... <laughs> It was a huge, it was a long ceremony to graduate. Oh my I can't God. even imagine. <laughs> I think it's still going on. <laughs> and I graduated in 99. I think it's probably, they're probably just now getting to the Z's. <laughs> but no, it's always been an issue for me because I've always been different. I've always looked different mm-hmm. than the average person. Mm-hmm. And so that's just how it started for me and how it, when it started for me. Um, I guess, I guess what I'm asking more specifically is, is so it's always been an issue. At what point did you actually realize that it was an issue? Like realize that it was an issue that you had some control over, I guess is what I'm asking because I, I too have been an odd one out many times, maybe not to the same degree, but I've been an odd one out um, personality-wise pretty much my whole life. Um, but but with looks and stuff, I mean, I was chubbier and stuff like that. So I, I felt like the odd one out many times. Mm-hmm. But it, sure. it wasn't until last year that I even realized that I was, I wouldn't say creating a problem for myself so much as allowing my mind to perpetuate 
uh, suffering as a result of something I couldn't change. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it was right about my 20s that I started to realize that, hey, this is a thing that I have to take care of. This is a thing that shouldn't be happening. You know, I shouldn't worry about my body as much as I am because it's causing anxiety. It's causing all these issues for me. Mm-hmm. But how about then how do I fix it? You know, like you said, it's not a switch. It's not a switch. It's it's a long process. And I'm just now, maybe within the last year or two, just getting into the point where I'm comfortable in my own skin. And comfortable that makes with me happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm finally I'm I'm a stone's throw from forty years old. And I, I'm just now getting to the point where I'm okay with who I am. I'm okay with where I am in life, what I'm doing in life, how I look. You know, it's all it's all part and parcel. That's really beautiful. Um I'm <laughs> I'm so glad that you came you came on to talk about this with me. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you asked me to. It's well, it's such a unique uh, a unique way to have the conversation because the conversation, like I said, is usually centered around very different, you know. But but the thing is, that's okay. I gotta breathe. Okay. Um, everybody with okay. I'm sure there's exceptions. I'm sure there's people who this stuff is so obvious for. Um, I meet people like that who were like, yeah, like, why are you even talking about this? Everybody knows. And it's like, no, not everybody knows this. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't know this. Um, But I, I think there's just, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I'm just really excited to talk about it, excited to put it out in the world because, because I think, I think most people need this. I think people are dying for permission to just exist and to mm-hmm. shed the nonsense that like like 90% of the things that we carry around with us as stress and that we worry about are just nonsense and this is only one of them um you know we constantly worry that like oh did i pronounce their name wrong do they hate me like if they hate you that's a them problem honey like um, <laughs> you know, and there's, <laughs> and, and there's just hundreds of these things that we, they keep us, like I said, captive, you know, they keep us captive and sad so that we never actually access our power. And I don't think that it's intentional. I don't think that there's like one group of people who are like, if we can keep the citizenry sad, you know, but <laughs> we do it to each other. You know, these are self-perpetuating problems where it's like, you know, like the first time that you see someone after a long time and they lose weight, they go, oh, congratulations, you've lost weight. You know, sometimes that person like had cancer or something like, you know, like, and like we just mm-hmm. pretend like this is the, the most, oh, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting all soapboxy again. I'm so good at that's that. A, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. This is why we have podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, I just think that it's, it's such a huge step toward freedom to, to shift that focus. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, and like I said, like it, it doesn't mean that we don't focus on our bodies ever. It just means that we, we change the type of focus and the frequency of focus mm-hmm. to, to one that is more symbiotic with our wellness. 
Right. That's exactly <laughs> right. I know that was like the nerdiest possible way to phrase that, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I understood it. So, <laughs> no. Um, so before, uh, before we close things up, um, I wanted you to share with the audience a little bit about your podcast that you're doing. And while you're sharing with the audience, I'm going to pull up a list um, for a game. Okay. So my podcast is called Stories of Hope with Jake. Uh, it centers around people with physical disabilities or mental health diagnoses and really genuinely flipping the script on the narrative. Uh, we're In terms of mental health and in terms of physical disability, there's this narrative of, oh, they're just leeches on society. They're just, there's, it's a negative narrative. So my goal was or is to tell stories of people who are living their lives to the fullest despite having a physical disability or a mental health diagnosis. And that's why I do what I do. I think that that's very exciting. Um, I'm going to be joining Jake for an episode, which is fantastic. And so where can people find this? I mean, of course, we'll include some links in the in the description, but uh, where can people find it? So I'm on Apple Podcasts right now, and I'm also on Spotify. Okay, and it's Stories of Hope with Jake, and Jake is J-A-Y-C. Thank you. Yes, I always <laughs> forget to add that, and then people tell me they can't find me. Yeah, it's not the typical oh. way to spell Jake. <laughs> yes, the 70s were good to my mother. <laughs> the 70s were good to most most uh, most of our mothers. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right, so are you willing to play a game with me? I just assumed you would be, but... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> all right, so I call it a game, but really it's... I don't know if a game is the right word, but so I... The latest has been I've been finding slang words from other English-speaking countries. Okay. And making people guess what they are. Okay. So you, my lucky friend, get Ireland. Oh, boy. So and I have, I have not read this list before. I just pulled it up on Google. So we'll see how it goes. As with everything on this podcast, it's an experiment. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, acting the maggot. Acting the maggot. Mm-hmm. Ah. Is it like acting foolish? Yeah, yeah. It's fooling around or messing around. So good job. That's one point, and I'm not keeping track of the points, but good I job. I am. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if there's any Irish people listening and I pronounce anything wrong or these are all like really shitty, I blame ndb4udie.com. Not me. Um <laughs> <laughs> Blame Google. You found it on Google. Yeah, I, I, I blame this random website that I'm trusting. <laughs> um, Banjaxed. Hmm. Is that just another way of saying fucked? Broken. Yep. Yep. Broken? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one I actually already know. So crack. Hmm. That I don't know. So the sentence that I learned it in is, it was great crack. Well, now. <laughs> <laughs> it's spelled C-R-A-I-C. Oh. Hmm. I don't know. 
It means like fun, a good time. Oh, okay. They went over to the party. It was great crack. <laughs> what kind of parties are you going to? <laughs> oh, when I was crack. a kiddo, I used to go to those kind of parties too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Earwigging. Boy, that's a. I don't know. Eavesdropping. Eavesdropping. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, fucking Irish people, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the same in our language. Uh, oh, okay, gammy. Hmm. See, I don't know. I barely understand the English language, let alone. <laughs> it means crooked or odd looking. So he had a gammy leg is the example they give. And I'm going to do one more. I'm going to go further down the alphabet here and find one that's closer to the end. All right, this one sounds good. Now you're sucking diesel. Sucking diesel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope this is this is a real saying. I hope this list is right. <laughs> <laughs> if not, it's funnier than hell. <laughs> oh boy. Sucking diesel. <laughs> I don't know, but once I find out, I'm adding it to my repertoire. It means like now you're talking, now you're doing well. Now you're sucking diesel, my friend. Now things are rolling. Um, Not it. <laughs> so that, uh, I love, I love these. Like, I don't know, the like, game seems like the wrong word, but it's fun. You know, little activities towards the end, little icebreakers. Mm-hmm. Well, because like when I first started, I'm going to just say this on the podcast because whatever. When I first started, like I was so bad at ending it. I would just be like, okay, but anyways, thanks. Bye. <laughs> like, yeah. So this way I kind of have like a transitioner, transitional thing going on. So um, thank you so much, Jake. Is there anything that you want to add to the conversation or anyone you want to shout out to or like letting any old thing? Uh, no, I, I just, I want to thank you for having me on. And this is an important topic, especially for men. So I, I appreciate you having me on and giving me a voice on this subject that meant quite a bit. So thank you. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful that you decided to take the time out of your day and come on and join me to have this conversation because you're right. It's, it's like, as soon as you, you asked, I was like, oh my God, yes. That's so much like I expected, <laughs> I expected a woman <laughs> right to respond and that would have been fine but i think that it's very cool to see it from from you know not only the men and women angle but again you know disabilities and and different things that all factor in you know we're kind of the the crux of the people that would need this most and so i uh i'm very very grateful for your time and i appreciate you coming on and to my listeners i love you bye <laughs>